Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante with T. Frank Carr, quarter number three. That means it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your questions about Penn State football, recruiting, or anything else you want to ask him. If you want to submit a question, download our app from the App Store. Just search Keystone Sports. And remember, the winner of today's Ask T. Frank segment receives a gift box from the one and only W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters at 234 Calderway in State College. 30 varieties of beans from over 25 countries roasted with love and Happy Valley for over 45 years. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. That's statecollegecoffee.com. And make sure you use discount code KSN at checkout for a nice little discount. Remember that, T. Frank, discount code KSN. So if you're a fan of W.C. Clark's Coffee, that's the way to go. You ready to answer some questions? I am ready to go. All right. Let's begin with Brad in Percasey, who says, with Landon Montgomery being offered by Penn State, who, if anyone, does he remind you of, and how good can he be? Oh, that's a that's an interesting question. I, I've only ever I have only watched the highlights of him. So you know, because he was on Penn State's radar and he was in the on three hundred, um, I, I checked out a little bit of undersized. Uh, but does and I always say you can be small, you can't play small. And I don't think he plays small based on his highlights again of breaking tackles, great contact balance. I, I don't want to bring up names that are unfair, uh, but what's coming to mind right now is do you remember Danelle Pumphrey out of I think it was UCLA a couple years ago? Super athletic, small, explosive tailback who was in the NFL for a while as a kick returner and a punt returner. Um, that's kind of what I see of him is. I don't know that he has the frame to be a uh, Darren Sproles or any player like that that's undersized but still strong and powerful, but he does have the contact balance and I think the the movement skills to be a Division One football player of some sort. So Penn State offered him recently, uh, and that's a, I think that's a big move in the class of 2023. So I, I'll be interested to see if he gets a Penn State commit and I do a film room on him if uh you know what what there is more to learn there and just he's from northeast pennsylvania i think from scranton scranton prep and, yep uh pennsylvania kid and pumphrey i don't know why i want to think he was san diego state san diego state i think you're correct about that yep let's see let's go to uh how about sean in mechanicsburg who says hey t frank should we have any concerns about the ability of some of the recruits being able to adapt to learning a new system at Penn State? For example, Nick Singleton was the pitch man in a triple option offense at Governor Mifflin and will now have to learn the inside-outside zone schemes. And J. Van Williams was mostly a run blocker in a wing T offense at Wyoming missing and has limited pass blocking skills. Mm-hmm. How do you see those players adjusting at the next level? Well, uh, I, I see them adjusting well, and here, here's why. Uh, first off, they are, uh, the rarest of athletes. 
You you mentioned two specific guys. And by the way, I, I think that's a very smart question. Uh, and that's why you do a little bit of digger deeping, uh, deeper digging on these guys is that they're both very smart people. So learning and, and kind of the prep work for college, I think Nick probably was doing that um, pretty well. There will be an adjustment. There is no. There is no way. There is no way around that. But even in that zone system, or even in the, in the pitch system, there are there are skills that translate of patience, vision, setting up your blocks, instinctive things that you learn um, doing that and being on the outside. It wasn't all meatball home runs for a guy that's a track athlete superstar who is just faster than everyone else on the outside it wasn't all of that he had runs between the tackles there was some there was some toughness there and some real brute physicality that will help translate uh with with Javen I have similar uh concerns but he's so athletic and as he mentioned uh with Ross and then when Ross and I talked Javen is working on those pass blocking skills right now. So the fundamentals are a great place to start. And then it's on Phil Troutwine to be able to teach him at the offensive line. It's rare to come in and compete right away anyway. So time to develop and time to learn the system. Maybe you get a year in, maybe it's half a year, you know, because he's a smart guy. I think that that he can, he can shorten that learning curve and he has a year to do it now that he knows where he's going and what he's going to be doing. So I think as long as the diligent work is there to get better at those things, you shouldn't be overly concerned, but it should set your expectations. And Sean, I think, is dead on about that of if you think an offensive lineman, even one of the top five in the country, is going to come in and be an all Big Ten player from the beginning, these are the things he has to learn first. And I think that's absolutely fair to set a timeline and an expectation of not right away, but that doesn't prevent him from being great. So, Sean, thank you. You mentioned an important point, I think, and I was going to mention it also because we heard Ross say that he's been, and I believe all of our listeners know that Ross has been advising Jay then, went to the same school, why I'm missing. And the Ross's evaluation of Jay then has often, he's often talked about smart kid and willing to work, willing yep. to do the things necessary. That's a factor that we as fans often don't get to hear about, but it's so important. Everything I also hear about Nick Singleton is that he's a kid, he's willing to put in the work for, of what it takes. You don't get to be 215 pounds and run the way he does without being a hard worker. You, that's not natural talent. Now, your body has the ability to develop that way. That part, you can't decide if your body develops that way, but you do put in the time to develop it, and both of these guys have done that. So, yes, I 100% agree. Uh, that's, where I, that's where I see the hard work and the dedication is, is in their physique and in their, in their weight room stuff because that stuff is a grind. You don't get to be that good, especially going through a pandemic those kids had to go through and to work out on their own basically for a year. That is phenomenal stuff. That shows you the dedication you need to be elite. Next up is Dan in Briar Creek who says, Clifford is what Clifford is. I heard you, T. Frank. But wasn't Clifford better when he ran more often back in 2019? Does quarterback depth finally allow him to run more as he did then and be more effective? I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how to answer this because I think that it's it's a different scheme it's a different system um, and secondly 
what is best for Sean Clifford, who wants to go to the NFL? Because he's not the athlete that's going to run in the NFL. It's going to be a decent thing that he adds to his game. But as a sixth-year player, he should develop mentally as a quarterback and, and positionally as a quarterback. I, I think that that is a limited view of what he can be. Is your, And I understand what, what Dan is saying is, like, how do you win with him? And I think that that is good solution-making. But at the same time, it's a crutch. Like, you know, the, the, the run game should be a supplement of what you do as a passer if you're the quarterback. And if we're saying we need to lean on the run game more with Sean Clifford, what you're saying is he's not a good enough passer to be the quarterback. So if he's the only option or he's the best option, and he was supposed to develop as the passing option, that's the thing is he was supposed, between him and Will Levis, he was the thrower. He was the better quarterback. And that didn't develop last season for a number of reasons that we've talked about time and time again. So... Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know if it's circular for me. I don't know if it's not the point, but it just feels like I don't know what else to say about Sean Clifford. And I, for his sake, for the individual who cares and wants it so bad, I want him to be successful. He puts in the work. He's a hardworking, smart guy. It's just there is some translation issue from the chalkboard to the field for him that has not clicked yet. And when it does, we don't care about the running as much. Like that when that when that happens for him, if that happens for him, it's not about the running. It's about that's a supplement because the passing game is so good. They're giving him easy box numbers to ke- to keep the football. And I think uh, T. Frank, it's his threat of him running. Yeah, that needs to be there. And it's only when the rest of his game is play- is doing well that oh, you know, yeah, they're afraid of him throwing the ball. They leave some open lanes for him. I also think that when he didn't run, it wasn't so much a factor of lack of depth. I think he was nicked up a couple times sure. where running wasn't as much a part of his game right. because of those uh, injuries. I need to also Let's add, go. before sorry, before we, sure. there's one important part about this when it comes to the quarterback running the football, which is it is designed to take advantage of over-pursuit of the running back. So Journey Brown and Noah Kane is very different than Kevon Lee and Noah Kane, who's injured. And the threat of that changed, so therefore the threat of Clifford running was less effective. So it is not as much about him changing as a rusher as it is the, the math changing for the offense. So that's another important part about that. You may see an increase in that because of the, the depth at running back this year. So I'm not trying to dismiss Dan's point. I just feel like if he's a better quarterback, that's the answer. Let's start with being able to pass the ball and then still have the threat to run. Let's go to Brian in Hartwell, Georgia, who says, just wanted to let you both know how much I enjoy your podcast. Well, thanks, Brian. I found each episode to be entertaining and informative. Keep up the great work. Now that the regular season is over, can you grade the overall performance of the coaching staff? Um, Brian lets us know what he thinks. He says, seems like we were consistently being outcoached and rarely have an effective game plan. Yeah. Um, so I am obviously never overly critical of the coaching staff because I feel like there are more factors at play than than it presents on on the on the screen and on the field. I'll start with the offense and say so. The defense I thought was good. I, I don't think that there's any question that they were a good team. That at at the defensive tackle position they were under siege from injury and youth. And that was just a, a factor in there, and that was what it was. 
on the offensive side of the football, if you can't do the things that you want to do and then you're trying to find things to work, you have a balancing act you have to do of what do we want to be and what do we need to do to win. And if you can't find the answer because your personnel does not produce in either of those situations, you get into a sense, I find that you get into this this feedback loop of, okay, we're going to try and do something new this week. We're going to try and add a wrinkle. We're going to try and do this. And like it works for two or three plays, but you've got to go back to your bread and butter. Every team has something that they want to do and be good at. And Penn State, theirs was the short passing game. And that only gets you so far if that's the only thing you can do. And that was the only thing they were consistently good at last year. They had flashes of the deep passing game. They had some flashes of running every once in a while. But they, like, you, they couldn't find a running scheme to work. And they tried a bunch of them. So I don't have the same view of that as a lot of people, I think. All right, T. Frank, we need a winner. Oh, oh okay. I was I was I was on a roll. I was like, "What's the next question? Let's go with another one." Uh, I uh, Sean in Mechanicsburg. I thought that was a really good one about the expectation and the timeline of recruits that even our five stars translating to the football college football level because of the the mental side of things. I think that was a really great point. Very good, Sean. We'll be getting in touch with you, and you won the coffee package. That is it for quarter number three. Stick around, we have some recruiting talk in quarter number four. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout.